Hello, and welcome to the Blood of Life podcast. I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to understand more about the local government and what makes the state tick. I've always liked politics, and I've enjoyed learning about it over the years by listening to different conservative and and other news media outlets. I try to keep my mind open about everything that I listen to and know that there's multiple sides to a story. For my project, I wanted to learn more about the Capitol and the new governor that was going to be instated in the Idaho Capitol. The new one, the new governor who won is conservative Brad Little. He was running against Paulette Jordan and he won in the election and in a few months, well, weeks now, will be the new governor of Idaho. So in preparation for that, I wanted to interview someone who was close to him, someone who knew the policies that he wanted to instate and who knew what his plans were for Idaho. That's where Greg Wilson comes in. Greg Wilson is Brad Little's former chief of staff. He's under Brad Little and knows where he stands, his policies, and his plans for Idaho. I was able to sit down with him, and we got to talk about what he does, uh, the policies that he and the former governor, Bush Otter, share, how the, how the Affordable Care Act has affected Idaho and what it will continue to do, any plans that involve education and the overpopulation that are in the public school districts, such as West Data, and where he sees Idaho in the next few years under Brad Little. So I have a lot of different jobs. I mean, obviously the office isn't very big. and In some ways, I'm the top of the staff and the bottom of the staff. I mean, we, we don't... Um, the governor's office, I think, has... 20 people, um, we have two and a half, so we're a much smaller office. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I do all sorts of things. I do everything from, you know, we, a lot of speech writing, communications, press releases, uh, a lot of, con, you know, a lot of policy research for the lieutenant governor. Um, during the session, I'm assisting him um, as he's president of the Idaho Senate, so I'm um, helping him in that role. Um, he also has a lot of other key components of his job as lieutenant governor. He uh, was the he's the chairman of the Leadership and Nuclear Energy Commission. Uh, he works primarily on economic development and appointments, uh, appointments to all sorts of different agencies, boards, and commissions within state government. These are two roles that Governor Otter has given him. Um, so, I mean, those are really kind of the key. So assisting him in those areas and then things like helping to oversee scheduling. I mean, how his time is metered out is vitally important, particularly through these this uh, particularly in the last two years as he's been running for governor, um, making sure that he's fulfilling his tasks as lieutenant governor while also um, doing what he needed to do to uh, have a successful campaign, which he did. When the topic of policy comes up. Butch Otter and Brad Little have very similar tastes when it comes to policy. But then again, they have some differences. Uh, when I talked to 
Greg Wilson about this. He gave me some pretty good insight about where Brightlittle stands on certain aspects. And where, most importantly, stands on education for the students of Idaho. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely two distinct um, individuals. That being said, they have a very good relationship, a very close relationship, in fact, in terms of they just work well together. Um, the governor, Governor Otter, appointed governor-elect uh, Little as lieutenant governor in 2009. So there's that relationship. And then there's also just the relationship of they've, they, they, you know, that the governor has been very generous to the governor-elect as lieutenant governor in terms of letting him work on economic development being that first vetter of key appointments. I mean, that's a key role that a governor does. And obviously, Governor Otter really trusts his judgment in, in pursuing those things. And then a whole host of other roles that he's given him along the way, really viewing the lieutenant governor as a partner in governing. Um, that being said, I think that there let me talk a few a little bit about some additional policy similarities. I mean, I think a clear one is their commitment to education. Um, you know, the governor, Governor Otter has, you know, in the last four years has committed over $400 million in just kind of the baseline of the public education budget. Um, he's increased teacher salaries. Um, he's integrated technology and other kinds of things, you know, literacy dollars, other kinds of commitments to education. I know the governor-elect has an incredible commitment to education uh, specifically. I think, you know, the big difference that comes to mind is just a style difference. I think the governor... Uh, Governor Otter is more of a CEO type, whereas Governor Little is uh, more of a chief operations officer. And what I mean by that is just much more hands-on. I mean, as we've gone through the budget that he's going to propose, for example, I mean, every single line item he has questions about and really kind of focused in on that. So I think that there's that stylistic change. And then there's things that the governor-elect, you know, differs with the governor on, like support of eliminating the grocery tax, for example. I mean, that's one that really comes to mind. And there's been a, a few other things that have come up along the way, too. While the Affordable Care Act is some may seem like a bad idea. To others, it's a way for them to get better health care than what they have. Sometimes something is better than nothing. Since Obamacare, there have been changes to the, to the Affordable Care Act that have drastically changed it. While some of it's affecting Idaho, Proposition 2 was the big... It was the catalyst to add the Affordable Care Act to Idaho and its healthcare system. I mean, health inflation is a, is a big is a big challenge, and um, uh, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, the the state of Idaho has done an incredibly good job in terms of our state based exchange. So, under the Affordable Care Act, you know, states had the option of just taking the federal exchange or building their own exchange. And in, in 2013, the state opted to build its own exchange, and we did that. And in building our own exchange, we took a lot of the power to manage, regulate that marketplace. And, you know, you have up anywhere from 70 to 90,000 Idahoans who purchase health insurance through that exchange. Uh, though, you know, that has thus far been stable. 
Um, Medicaid expansion is going to bring in a population that otherwise doesn't have access to, to health care. Really what we're looking at, which is kind of one of the big downsides of the Affordable Care Act, is there's a population we call kind of the priced out. You know, they can't get subsidies to buy health insurance on the exchange. They're still, even with Medicaid expansion, still aren't eligible for Medicaid. A lot of them work in agriculture, for example, or they're younger and healthy, young invincibles, for example, who maybe are not 26 anymore and allowed to stay on their health, parents' health insurance plans, and they can kind of do without health insurance. They don't have a family. They don't foresee a sickness in the future. fact of the matter is we need, and they're getting priced out of the health insurance marketplace, we need them to participate in the health insurance marketplace. Insurance, an insurance marketplace needs people that are paying into the system and not utilizing it or utilizing it much less than older or sicker uh, Idahoans might just be because of the fact of their health situation. Since overcrowding is a huge issue in Idaho's public schools, I wanted to pick Greg Wilson's brain and see what he thought about ways to curb overcrowding. And if you knew what Brad Little has planned to curb overcrowding in schools and what he plans to do in the future if this problem resurfaces again. Well, um, you know, the state makes, I mean, specific, uh, you know, they, 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 they give block money to school districts based on a very complex school funding formula. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's trying to keep up with the amount of growth that's occurring. I mean, the state, the state budget for education is going to increase because the school population is increasing. I do know just because of my closeness with people in the West Ada school district that, um, a high school was just approved, kind of Oahe High School, and that's going to be out in West Meridian. Um, and again, the idea based on West Ada's plan, and I mean, school district decisions are locally driven. I mean, the, the governor, the legislature, they're giving money, they're giving general guidance, but those are really decisions of school board members, which are elected by me and you if we live in that school district. Um, but the, I mean, they're facing a very, very severe overcrowding issue, Rocky Mountain. I live very near Rocky Mountain, and I know all about that. And I mean, they're having to build portables. I think they're building an addition to Rocky Mountain, if I'm not mistaken. Or that might be, no, I don't think that's Rocky Mountain. I think that's Mountain View. Mountain View. Yeah, I think, and they're going to start building kind of some expansions, but then the idea is that Oahe will help account for the growth that just continues to happen out in the west side of Boise, and, and you're going to have a new Highway 16 that's going to come north and south and, and hit the 84. That's going to go from Chindin down to 84, and so you're just going to have more growth out in that area. That farmland is going to quickly turn into residential uh, area and, and West Ada is trying to account for that. But but here's the deal. I mean, and you kind of have to explain this to citizens sometimes is you can't you can't build the infrastructure if you don't have the tax base there. And unfortunately, we can't sit here and make a projection about, well, this is where the school population or just the general population is going to go. Let's build the schools to be prepared for that. Um, you, 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 have the, you, you generally have the resources to build the facilities when it's already a problem, and then it takes two to three years to build the additional facilities, and then they fill up. 
And this is a problem with roads. And this is just a challenge. I shouldn't say it's a problem. It's just a challenge of a fast-growing place like the Treasure Valley, one of the fastest-growing parts of the United States. And finally, I wanted to ask him what he thought Idaho would look like under Brad Little's administration. Since he knew about his policies, what he plans for the future, I wanted to know what his ideas were and how he thinks Idaho will turn out to be. Well, I think, I think the governor likes to be clear that, um, you know, his number one priority is making Idaho, you know, the best possible place for, you know, kids like you, um, you know, uh, you know, I have kids, um, I have two very young kids, um, you know, my, my, my parents or grandparents. I mean, this idea that multi-generations have the opportunity to remain in Idaho, to have a family, to plan for retirement, to enjoy kind of the unparalleled quality of life we have here. And I think it's true. Um, and that requires, uh, you know, managing this growth in an effective way that requires continuing to build economic opportunities, not just here in the treasure Valley. I think in a lot of ways we're seeing an increase in incomes, you know, our unemployment rate is very strong here in, here in Ada County uh, and across Idaho. If you, you know, uh, you know, if you average it all out, it's 12, 2.7%. Um, but there are parts of Idaho where that's a bit more of a challenge rural areas, areas that were more reliant on one industry or a traditional industry like agriculture or mining that have become more efficient. Um, and so that's where the governor-elect is looking to kind of build an administration where there's opportunities across the Idaho, where you can rebuild rural Idaho, where you can protect what's great about this state, and you can continue to manage, um, you know, these the challenges that come to state and local government with growth and provide kind of a vision for everyone to move in the same direction on that. All in all, I enjoyed interviewing Greg Wilson. I got to learn about a lot of stuff. I learned about how the capital works, how Brad Little wants to run it, his policies, what he wants to do with Idaho's education. his thoughts on the Affordable Care Act, and just what he plans for Idaho's future. I think it was really good and eye-opening for me to interview him and to understand more about our local go- about our local government and how it works and how everything fits in place.